This is the Renewable Energy Hour, and on this show we normally discuss Renewable Energy Hour topics, uh, anything to do with renewable energy, uh, biofuels, wind, hydro, solar, solar thermal, passive solar, conservation. Conservation's a huge category, and since we're in this random mode tonight, I think we're going straight to phone calls if anybody wants to jump on any one of those topics or another that you think is related to renewable energy, give me a call at 895-2448. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Hi, Doug. This is a regular listener. <laughs> um, so I have, a, I have a regular solar question. What's that? Okay, so uh, I'm thinking about expanding my off-grid PV system. And I uh, currently just have about 1,700-watt array, and I'd like to add a couple thousand more watts. I presume you're off-grid from the old days with that size array. Yeah, the system's about 12 years old. Mm, that's not too old, but you're off-grid. Yes. And you got good lessons um, in efficiency to be able to get by on that little. Yeah, I built my home very energy efficient, so it is. It's actually enough to power that. The house at least nine months of the year. And well, that, and actually, back then, panels were expensive enough that that was our strategy. We would size the solar array to cover spring and fall, have a little extra in mm -hmm. summer, and know you were going to have to run the generator in winter. And now the panels have gotten yeah. so cheap, we have sort of shifted towards sizing the array for winter. So you're moving that yeah. direction. Yeah, so um, here, here's the deal. I, I have a, um, an outbuilding that um, has two kind of extreme roof pitches um, oriented south. So, you know, it's like a, there's a break in the roof pitch. And one of, the, one of the roofs, one length of the roof is 18 and 12, so very steep. I looked it up. That's about... 56 degrees off of horizontal. That, that, that's steeper than ideal. I'd pack the lower roof yeah. first. Um, well, the lower one is kind of the opposite. It's 2 and 12, which is about uh, 10 degrees off of horizontal. Yeah, got and, it. Uh, so I was not, that's not ideal at all for winter. Yeah, I, yeah. I figured maybe, I'd, you know, the, the steep one would be good in, in the winter and the shallow one in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's the way it would perform. And the mm -hmm. steep one's actually too steep for winter. Mm -hmm. And the shallow one's too shallow for summer. Right. Uh, have you considered, so, have you considered uh, making some attachment points and putting in some rails that cut the angle in half? Yeah, I don't much care the, for the way that looks. I'd probably just go to a ground-based system. If, well, if no, it, if, if have you got places where the ground works? I always actually yeah. prefer the ground mount. The the yeah. if you put it on top of the house, a whole bunch of extra rules kick in if you're doing a building permit, anyhow. Uh huh. Um, and okay. I, yeah, and I, I, I'm, I'm I would encourage about, that. You know, the, the number of roof penetrations. I have yeah. an aversion to. I have an aversion roof to roof penetrations. I have an aversion to lifting panels up onto the roof. I have an aversion to. The lack of access to the roof for cleaning the panels, I have mm -hmm. an aversion to those potential roof leaks, which actually are remarkably rare. I, I have been studying that for 22 years, and I'm surprised hmm. how rare the roof leaks happen. 
Oh, well, that's good to know. But but, but, but there was but, a, a new rapid shutdown rule in the code mm-hmm. that is enforced by the county. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, if the PV are on the house or the PV power touches the house, um, then uh, then you have to have shutdowns on the almost module level. Wow. Huh. That's to protect this, the firefighters. And they're thinking mostly in terms of these 600 volt grid tie right. systems which is why that rule came into effect and it's not that big of a deal for right. a low voltage off grid system but a 48 volt system wired to 72 volts on a modern generic charge controller is typical and 72 volts mm-hmm. is nothing to sneeze at and mm-hmm. and in fact that's its nominal voltage, you know, in certain conditions they can reach up to, you know, 140 volts and whatnot. Right. Uh, my current array is at, at 90 nominally. So 90 that's, nominally? That's, that's, that's pretty high. You must be on a, on a midnight charge controller. I am. Well, I was. Um, my midnight charge controller actually um, decided to go on vacation last week. Um, after being in service for 12 years, it uh, I was just looking at it in the morning, and it was making funny, funny clicking noises. And then an, it went from MPPT bulk to resting, and and it said um, OCP, which when I called tech support, uh, they confirmed that that was overcurrent protection. So I guess it was shorting internally. Oh, After a while, oh. it stopped working at all. Oh no! Overcurrent protection means that uh, that it has basically a built-in circuit breaker, mm-hmm. and your array put out more than what it was rated to carry. What size array do you have, and which midnight do you have? Well, it's the um, it's the smaller. It's the classic one fifty. Uh, the array, as I said, is about seventeen hundred watts. And what, what's your battery voltage for string? What's twenty-four. Your, twenty-four. Yeah. So that ought to be able to handle about fifteen hundred watts. What what panels do you have again? Yeah, yeah, about about seventeen hundred. Ah, um, so, so two, two maybe, strings of three. maybe you had a moment where uh, the sun came out from behind the clouds. The panels were cool, and so they were extra efficient. They suddenly got the big boost of direct sun after being cooled by being in the shade, and they got some reflection off of clouds on the side. <laughs> good, good theory, but it was actually overcast. <laughs> well, no, that it happens when it's overcast, partially overcast, partly cloudy. This is a phenomenon that no, only happens on partly cloudy days. Yeah, no, it was like it was like overcast. Completely overcast. overcast. But, yeah, <laughs> and the the panels were only putting out like you know three hundred watts or something. Ah, uh-huh. all right. Yeah. Then yeah. that sounds like there's something wrong with the charge controller. Yeah, that's what that's what uh, midnight tech support said, and they said that they, they 
they said it was they were surprised that it had been in service this long without being sent back for um for repairs they said that the capacitors usually go before that wow the time that's an embarrassing admission <laughs> i was surprised i would expect really? a piece of equipment that expensive would last if treated gently which you've been not doing you you've been pushing it to its capacity but yeah and i guess that's what they were thinking is that you had been overworking it for 12 years and they're surprised it didn't need replacement maybe that's what they're thinking yeah perhaps um he actually said that usually like six years if you're pushing it hard all the way i when i told him how much power I had going into it. He said, oh, well, that's, that's why it's lasted this long. Uh, he knew you were on a 24-volt system? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because most people are using MPPTs are on a 48-volt system, and, uh-huh. and they could handle twice as much solar as you've got. Right, because it's the amps out that are... Yeah, it's it, right? the amps out that are generating the heat that's causing the wear and tear, and that's... Inversely uh-huh. proportional to the battery voltage. Right, right. Yeah, okay. But well, fortunately, I, I had a uh, backup. Wh- what was your backup? An, another classic 150? No, it was a, um, a, uh, an Outback MX-60. The uh, next? Um, no, that's a Schneider. A- that's a Schneider, not an Outback. Is it black or is it tan? Uh, it's black. That's an Outback, not a Connect 60. An, an FX60 or an MX60? MX. M like Mary. Okay. And and now I am nervous that you will blow that one up because the voltage of your array, if it's truly a nominal 90-volt array, where did you get that? What, the nominal 90? Yeah. Uh, is two that strings, two strings of three, each panel is nominally 30. Nominally 30 is a in, very unusual. Where did you get the nominal two. 30? Um, uh, not the, uh, the, the open, uh, open circuit voltage on, on, on panels. To open, clean open circuit voltage was 30 volts or the maximum power voltage or... Or is that what it typically runs at during the day? Um, that actually typically runs close to that, yeah. Okay, okay, that makes sense, because when I heard 90 volts, I was thinking normal operation and not nominal and not open circuit. Uh, and that would, suge- mm-hmm. that would suggest to me that you have three 72-cell panels in series, and now I feel more comfortable when you said nominal 90 volts, you've, what you've got is a nominal 72-volt system. Each of your panels are nominally 24 volts and can be expected okay. to operate at about 50, uh, 30 volts each mm-hmm. in real-world yeah. operating conditions with full sun and, and a maximum PowerPoint tracker. And that's what yours is doing. So you're, right. on, you're on a nominal 72-volt. Right. I was worried because right. okay. if it was nominal 90 volts, you were going to blow up. Either of those charge controllers. I was surprised you hadn't blown up the 150. 
But Outback, I mean, um, in fact, the reason I said, I bet you're on a midnight, I was wrong about, um, but happened to get it right, was that you said you were nominal 90 volt, and that would have blown up all the 150 volt charge controllers, because (laughs) they can only handle a a 72 volt nominal array. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, yeah. a 90 volt right. array would have blown them up. But Outback does make right. some higher voltage charge controllers, uh, yeah. just barely higher than that. Outback makes one that's way over 300 volt and uh, twice as high and uh-huh. four times as high. But Outback makes a number that are much, much closer. And uh-huh. less and less expensive than those other high charge yeah. controllers. Anyhow, that yeah, wasn't so, your so question. The, panel, well, the panels are, are nominally twenty four volt yeah, panels, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's a nominal seventy two volt string, which I mm-hmm. would expect to operate with full sun and not super cold temperatures at somewhere around ninety volts. Right. Yeah. On a maximum powerpoint tracker, which you have. But what was your question? Yeah. Uh, it was actually about the roof pitch and whether it was worthwhile oh. to use uh, uh, the steep and the shallow roof for a new array. Um, I would I would encourage you if you've got a spot on the ground that's not out of control, go down on the ground. Yeah. Okay. And and you're on the you're yeah are you are you off grid? Yeah. And when do you find yourself having to run the generator the most in the winter winter? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I've got, I've got a great southern exposure, so it's it's just a matter of, you know, if the sun's not shining, then there's not enough power. Hmm. Um, well, doubling your array, doubling your array is going to yeah. is going to improve that. Um, yeah. I mean, you get light on cloudy days too. Yep. Um, and it's bit. and it's interesting yeah. the the geometry rule of thumb for the summer quarter of the year around here for where the sun would be you should be at fifty five degrees so that steep root sounds pretty close mm-hmm. but when it's overcast the best angle to be at is horizontal and we're so statistically correlated with overcast and winter time that it seriously biases our local wintertime rule way off of the standard rule of thumb and you shouldn't be more than 45 degrees and 40 is pretty reasonable huh okay very good and actually where are you uh in philo philo yeah no and you've got a great southern view you must be up on the Mm -hmm. ridge on up one, on the ridge, yep. one side or the yep. other, and probably the yep. the east side the of the other. valley. East <laughs> uh, side, north side, yeah, whichever that is. <laughs> oh, you think in terms? Uh, that's one thing that always cracked me up about Anderson Valley. I know. One twenty-eight yeah. pretty much runs north south, but it happens to be one twenty-eight yeah. west when you're going north. Right. So a lot of people right. confuse yeah. north with west or west with north. Sort of, sort of southeast to northwest. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's north by northwest. It's way more north than northeast. Okay. But anyhow, I, if you've got room on the ground with a great view, I would encourage you to go yeah. there. And uh, okay, very good. And at that voltage, you don't have to be outrageously close, but you can't be too far away, right. or your wire yeah. wire costs get big. Yep. Sorry. Okay. We geeked out way more than that than you needed to. 
That's great. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. This is the Renewable Energy Hour. We're doing all call-ins, and, and I might try Alex again, see if he's back online. 895-2448 with any questions having to do with solar, wind, hydro, renewable energy of any type, even con- conservation, because conservation's the most renewable energy of all. Hello, Collie. You're live on the air. Uh, good evening. I've got a good segue to the last call, I guess. I've got a small system uh, uh, for the last 32 years, and um, I want to put some more panels on. My deal is in the winter, it's a whole different location. My old panels are, once we're out in the field, and now they're kind of overgrown by uh, the redwood branches, and um, in the winter, just don't get it. Um, my deal is I have a uh, 12, you know, the house is sort of half 12-volt uh, circuits, so I can... Ooh. Have that going, and can I run the panels uh, through uh, MPPT charge control? I have a bunch of 35 volt panels um, that I that I came across, and the, run those. those, those if you're you're probably referring to the VMP under standard test conditions. Uh huh. And we would call that a 24 volt panel. Oh. It's okay. a panel designed for charging 24 volt batteries. And, um, and you may I, have you I may have an even down through the through the MPPT thing to you know to my twelve. You already do that. Okay. Do you? Uh, no, I, I'm thinking to hook these up as a you know as a third panel bank. Oh, um, oh, these are ones you've acquired and right. Okay. And my question is, um, I have uh, I think it's six gauge or four gauge. Uh, uh, hefty cables going from you know my uh, um, my generator shed unit to the house for for my 12 volt uh, uh, fuse box on the house. Can I run that other system to that box? Is it going to care that it's a ways? To, uh, you can have a little bit of line loss between there and the batteries, but that charge controller needs to sense what the batteries are at and that sort of thing. But can I just consider that fuse box at the house a uh, uh, long distance, uh, you know, battery connection for for that oh. other charge system. I'm so it's sort of. It's I'm, like I'm, can, I'm can, uh, Oh, you want to you want to bring the new solar array through your 12 volt circuit backwards through your Correct. 12 volt circuit protection Correct. box it's, backwards it's, it's, on the way to the batteries on the ground below the house. It'll get great winter uh, exposure as opposed to where oh. all the rest is. <laughs> Which is across the yard. I really don't want to trench again because I. Got oh, so you're sharing another wire? What's stuff, what's so. the other wire? I'm sorry. What's the other wire being used for? That you'd be jumping onto. Uh, well, I'm saying just going to the house to the 12 volt box that's on the house. Well, you said you didn't want to trench again. Oh, because it's right there. Right. 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 Okay. Um, so I'm hoping just to, does it matter if it's at that end? It's still directly to the batteries because it's you know twelve volt coming. It, off my, it my is the problem is you may. Um, well, a you're probably not using code approved equipment, and so the building department wouldn't approve of it. That's um, possible. Um, and uh, it's gonna require what what charge controller would you be buying and what size array would you be buying 
Uh, well, the array, uh, I, I have, I think, five of these 35-volt, or as you say, 24-volt uh, uh, panels that I, that I have a Morningstar, uh, TriStar, MPPT controller that I got for it. A, a 45-amp one? Or a 60? I believe so. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, I can't recall which. Um, it seemed like it was sized right for what I was And doing. you had five panels, and you're on a 12-volt battery bank. Yeah, I, I can, you know, vary the, the number of panels, but I'm just trying to add to what I have. Um, well, an even number would make more sense. Um, right. But then that's the other question. Do I want to just keep those at that, uh, what they're saying, 35 volt? Uh, another no, ideally, ideally you'll that. save money in a number of different ways if you wire those to a higher voltage that that charge controller can take. I think that charge controller can go up to a 72 volt nominal array. Right. So it could take right. as many as three of those in series. And the more you put in series, the smaller your wires have to be, and the smaller your breakers have to be, and the fewer number of breakers you have to have if you're following code. Um, right, because what, I would have a breaker right at, at the, uh, where the panels connect, and then one at... Where, uh, um I'm getting to the uh, charge controller. Yeah, technically you need to at least have uh, one on each string, one on each series combination of panels. Right. So if you wired it in two strings of six, instead of what would also work, uh, you know, six strings of one, you would technically have to have a breaker on each of the six single panels if you did it that way. And you'd also have to have wire that's uh, 16 times bigger. For right, for the, uh, uh, 16 times bigger for the higher voltage. For the smaller voltage. The smaller voltage, uh-huh. the bigger the wire. Right, right, right. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but Ed, and then as far as hooking up oh, to my, wait a minute, my wait 12 a volt panel at the house, you think that, that would fly? Um, I'd prefer to have it on. My guess is your 12-volt panel in the house is an ATC fuse or AGC fuse automotive equipment, right? Uh, actually, what is on there is those old-style screw-in, uh, you know, three-quarter-inch diameter or something, screw-in fuses. Screw-in? Yeah. For so, each uh, circuit? Like a light bulb thread. Huh. I'm not sure I know what you've got. Um... Uh, the thing that bothers me is that I would like to have an actual disconnect. Right. Something you can throw a switch on. And Right, and I do have a big Mongo Square D, I think it is, uh, uh, disconnect, uh, uh, you know, one of these uh, foot, uh, foot diameter, you know, foot square, big things that, that probably should be in there. A foot square, oh my, uh, oh, that might be the... You know, a wall mount style and, disconnect. And, and that turns off the solar only, or everything? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not using it right now. I have other things fused, but, but uh, not through that disconnect, but that might be one way to well, uh, hook this new system up. It needs to have an amperage rating at least 1.25 times the 45 amps, if you're following code. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Actually, that would fit on a 60 amp, which is a pretty common size and might be a foot square. So maybe you've got the right thing. Um, and it should be DC rated. Right, right. Um, 
Not that the other ones don't work, they just wear out quickly. It's not really a safety issue, but Code would like to see you use one rated for DC. For sure. Um, but uh, I'd like to see a disconnect and not just a fuse. I'd like to see a way, particularly with the Morningstar charge controllers, they seem to like to be connected to the battery before they ever see solar power. And so if you ever disconnect the battery or shut down the battery, do maintenance on the battery, replace the battery, and kill the power on that side, it can go into a fault mode from too high of a voltage from the open circuit of the voltage, of the array. Right, so be sure to shut it, off it, the, it, the it, you always, You'd always like to shut off the solar first, then shut off the connection to the battery, and when you reconnect them, do it in the reverse order. Right, right. Um, so I'd like to see a switch in there. I wouldn't go through a, just a fuse box with no switch for your solar. Right. 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 Um, okay. Sounds good. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. This winter I gotta, I gotta do something because last winter I wasn't very happy. Quite, quite a few, uh, 240 volt AC switches out there are actually rated for DC. You just have to look at the label carefully. A lot of right. them aren't. Um... And again, if the inspector's not seeing it, you probably don't care. There you go. Well, as long as it works. All right, well, thank you for your help. As uh, long as it uh, works and it's safe. And and I would encourage you doing everything possible to do it up to code, even if you're not talking to yeah, the building absolutely. department. Safety's a big one. All right. Hey, thanks for the call. All right, take care. Mm -hmm, Bye-bye. Oh, that one didn't hang on. That one didn't hang on either. Shoot, we just had full lines. At least one of them's back. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Yes, hi. Um, I have a book recommendation for someone you know that might want to go into astrophysics. <laughs> <laughs> I know someone who wants to go into astrophysics. <laughs> yeah. So um, I heard about it on the radio. It's just been released, and it's by this woman who studies astrophysics at MIT, and it's called The Milky Way, an Autobiography of Our Galaxy. Oh, I, I, heard, I heard an article about this, uh, an, a yeah. radio article, yeah. So she studied both um, astro. Physics and also mythology, and yeah. so um, her name is Moya M O I Y A McTier T I E R. And um, anyways, it just got released on Amazon. It's um, August sixteenth, twenty twenty two. Oh, maybe that's just that's when that the today? show was. No, it was that might have that might have been when the show date was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. She she gave the the Milky Way galaxy a personality, right. and, and and it talked about history from the Milky Way's perspective, far from ours. Yes. It talked about its uh, local galaxy cluster neighbors that it knew. <laughs> yeah, and apparently she studied a lot of uh, historical mythology and the way that humans have 
thought about various planets, and it, it just really sounded but, like something that would be fun to read. It, it does sound that way. Because she, she took care to weave together both the both our human folklore and you know modern science of of astrophysics of the evolution of the universe. And, yes. And, yes. Uh, and threw them together, and it sounded really fun. And I, yeah, it did. And when I heard it, I said, I want to read that. So I also, I was traveling this summer, and I overheard a man who was very excited about research that he was doing in uh, into batteries. He's a graduate student, um, and I, I don't... I think he's at Berkeley, but I'm not positive. But anyways, I did get his email, so I thought maybe you would like to... Well, uh, what type of battery was he looking at? Well, that's the cool thing. It was uh, batteries that don't use lithium and use more common materials, including sodium. So (laughs) he can't... Uh, give specifics uh-huh. because even That's as a graduate pri- student, he's already contracted with a company. But well, my guess is the research is up. co-founded between the between the university and some business. Right, exactly. That's not unusual. Um, yeah, and I'm nervous to get excited about any. <laughs> pre-information release battery chemistry as the new miracle battery. I've been promised these a hundred times in the past uh, thirty years, and ninety-nine percent of the time they um, drop off. Research. Oh, they're all they're all excited early on, <laughs> and when it gets long enough for them to start talking about it, then we might perk up our ears. But if they're still not even talking about it. No, he would be he would be interested in having a conversation. I do have his email. You can email him if you're interested. But he um, he can't go into specifics, but he could yeah. go into a lot of detail about you know the kinds of things that make batteries work and what the research is, where it's headed, and all of that. So. But he can't tell me what his battery is. I don't know what he can't tell you. <laughs> 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 My guess is he won't be able to tell enough to 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 make me excited. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give you his email and you can find out. All right. You don't mind? He doesn't mind you giving his email out over the air? No, he gave me the card and and the email. Um, I, I, I think what I, I should do is email it to you. And, and, then you, and, and you have my email? No. <laughs> so I have to give my email out over the air. Actually, oh. I don't mind. I've done that before. My email is uh, Livingston Consulting. Okay. All run together. Uh-huh. At Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, dot net. Okay. Dot All net. right. I'm not supposed to do that because that's where I do business, and I'm not supposed to use these airways to Uh-oh. encourage my consulting over the air. But this was not that. No, it's not. And okay, well, um, I look forward to uh, sharing the information. All right, thank you. Thanks for okay. the call. Bye bye. All right, bye bye. We got open lines on the renewable energy hour. Uh, we wandered off into astrophysics, but we got back into new battery technology. Have you heard about a new battery technology? There's so many out there being researched, um, and 
when they've been in the field for five years, I might start saying, yeah, this one's a good battery. Um, but when they're still looking for venture capital, I'm always nervous that nothing will come of this seed. 895-2448 if you want to talk about something related to conserving energy, producing energy without burning a limited resource or emitting CO2. What are the policies? Are you excited about the uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, which is 90% <laughs> climate, uh, climate change uh, reduction and be able to react to act also a bit on uh, health care and several other things but god the biggest chunk of it was mostly carrots not sticks for uh for renewable energy uh, oh caller turn off that radio i did oh good you're on the air Hi, Douglas. It's Johanna. Hey, Johanna. What's up? I'm calling about two things. Um, one is uh, in in response to the person that you were talking to about whether to put the panels on the roof or on the ground. Mm-hmm. I just want to. I just want to endorse ground mounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you you and I both are giving him that advice. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, it, it, and you know, one thing that. A lot of people don't think about and that I didn't think about before I decided to do ground mound is um, when you live uh, out in the country and when you live near dirt road. Oh, the dirt road dust. You got to clean them if you're off grid near a dirt road. That's right. And, and, you know, cleaning, I mean, you can hose them up off on the roof too, but it's a lot harder. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot harder. And and, uh, I find that if you rinse them, then you need to squeegee them off because otherwise if you have calcium in your water, the calcium settles at the bottom of the panel. If you got hard water, you will start creating a calcium scale on top of the panels if you don't squeegee them. And that's right, why I don't exactly. recommend washing them a ton, but washing them at least once in the middle of the summer makes sense. Maybe a yes, couple times. Yes. Um, and and the other the other thing is, uh, you know, my first two gr- ground mounts were still the pole mounts where you can turn them and and tilt them, the etc. Yeah, they right, weren't really intent. They weren't really intended to turn east to west. Uh, but they were intended well, I, to change I, I seasonally. Did that. Yeah, I know a I lot of people did who that do. Initially. <laughs> I know a lot of people but, who but, do. But then I realized once I once I upgraded and added more panels, I realized you know that is much more valuable and, and productive than changing you know mm-hmm. uh, one array and changing the angles. So, yeah. so they stay fixed and they don't move anymore. And the third the third ground mount when I finally upgraded to the full capacity, you know that that was that's not even on the pole anymore. That's just mm-hmm. a rack that sits and, on the ground. Uh, pole mounts are expensive. Yeah, pole mounts are quite a bit more expensive. Yeah, but this rack mount was not expensive at all because it just uses available metal parts from well, the hardware store. I, I have mixed mixed feelings about that. It's a hell of a lot more expensive than it used to be because the price of those things have gone up, oh, whereas the oh, panels okay. have come down. But back when when gra- when multi pole ground mounts were competing with single pole ground mounts, they were you know two thirds to half the price. And you uh-huh. and you could pay for enough more panels with the price difference than 
then the adjustable tilt gained you back. Yeah. And so you you were putting in a more reliable product on a more reliable product that was going to produce more for less. Uh, and so and so pole pole mounts have yeah. largely gone out of out of existence on new installations. And you know the other thing I would do if I had to do it over again, rather than just simply putting a rack on the ground somewhere and taking up ground space, I would consider creating some kind of a shade structure. Mm -hmm. uh, Although although the the taller you go, the more engineering issues there are. That's true. That's Um, true. I guess I hadn't thought about that. You have to go deeper and wider with your footings and use larger diameters, and so it gets quite a bit more expensive Mm -hmm. than you might think. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess that's more for like a commercial environment. You know, I, I would love to see a lot of a lot of parking lots in town being covered by solar by shade yep, structures yep. that contain and, solar panels. And when you're doing it again and again and again, you already have the equipment there that can you know dig those holes and that sort of thing. It it's not anywhere near as expensive per watt as it would be for you to do it. Right. I'd like to offer some other piece of another piece of information, um, and that has to do with saving energy. Um, you know, when you live off grid, um, air conditioning is is a nice thing to have, but it's a challenge for a lot of people because air conditioners do require quite a bit of power. Mm-hmm. But I've I've just came across a new type of air conditioner that is is just phenomenal in my book. Um, I've only had it for it? a week, but. It's it's made by a company called uh, Medea M I D E A. They they make a lot of commercial um, air conditioners, so it's a known company. But this is their first venture into the consumer air conditioner market. And the interesting thing about there's two interesting things, well, several interesting things about this uh, air conditioner. One is it uses uh, about half or more than half half, uh, uh, of the power of a regular air compressor-type air conditioner. It uses an inverter. Uh, Oh, it's probably a a variable frequency inverter. Yeah, I I don't know the the technology exactly. When when you have an inverter and an air conditioner, it's a variable frequency inverter. And this has been around for a while. There there are quite a few of them out there. Uh, you didn't see them in the smallest air conditioners, and so that's why it's new yes, to you. But but it's it, it's been around yeah. in a lot of residential in, uh, inverters we would call uh, mini splits, for example, which are fairly common well, see, in this, houses. This is the interesting thing about this. This is actually a kind oh, of a mini split because it is, it, it's U-shaped. So you have the part, the part that that is the blower part inside your window, and and then it and then it has this this sort of opening between the outside and the inside part, and it's only connected at the bottom, so that if you have one of those windows that slides up and down, you can still close and open the window yeah. with the air conditioner in place, and it it keeps well, all the you loud parts you have, on the outside. You have the heat exchanger in place, not the air conditioner. The air conditioner is outside, right? Right, exactly. That's a mini split. So That's what we would call a so, mini split. Exactly, but but it's 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 kind of a mini mini split in the sense that you know it it is one one piece of equipment, but it's only the inside and the outside is only connected at the bottom. It's about two inches with, high with a little so tube. You you can't de- you can't determine where to put the two things independently. No, 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 they don't come apart. They okay. don't come apart. Interesting. They're, they're, so that is something different. 
They're just far enough apart to to slide the window in, in, in between the two of them. And it's meant for just one room. They, they come in 8,000, 10,000, and 12,000 BTU, so depending on the size of your structure. Um, they are extremely quiet compared to a regular air conditioner. Well, the noise, the noise lot, is outside on the other fun. end. But even the outside part is quieter uh, because, you know, I've, I've had a, a regular one before that was outside was much louder than this one. Hmm. Um, and, and the, but the amazing thing is the power usage. You know, I mean, if I if I chose to run my old air conditioner on what the was solar your, power, what was your it, old air it, conditioner? Oh, it was a, I think a ten thousand BTU in, LG or something like the, that. In the in the window. Know? Yeah, window air conditioner. Yeah, well, those are always going to be worse. Now, now I can run on this Mydea model at eight thousand BTU. I can run it all day long. Still have my batteries fully charged. And and you said it took half the power per BTU or half the power. Of your old one, half uh, it took. It takes actually less than half the power of my old ten thousand one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, well, I think it's probably only about a third, a third uh, of the, the power of my old one. Something in the neighborhood yeah. of half the power per BTU. I'll have to look them up. I don't know them. Yeah, if you want to read up about them, the New York Times wire cutter tested them and has a, a good write up about them. So cool. you can search I for know, wire. I know wire, wire cutter. Wire, yeah, wire cutter, cutter New York and Times, my... air conditions, you'll find it. M-I-D-E-A, my dear. I wrote it down. Thanks for the call. You're welcome. I'll check it out. Maybe we'll talk about it on a future show. Yeah, I mean, it's been so hot, you know, and if you're off the especially if you're off the grid, but even if you're on the grid, I've read of, I've read of people who have replaced their whole house air conditioning with several of these in different rooms and have saved half the energy. Cool. I'll have to look mm-hmm. them up and... Uh... And especially if they've been around in a commercial context for a long time, I'll have more faith in them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Hey, take care. Carry bye-bye. On. All right, bye. And this was sort of a ad-lib version of the Renewable Energy Hour. I'm going to uh, sign off here shortly. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org. And consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.